You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So these are some Hilchos Lashon Hara, and I, I'm going to uh, say a couple of words before we start learning this, that um, one should be very careful about putting labels on people, especially as you're going to hear now who you're allowed to speak Lashon Hara about. The Chafetz Chaim writes that Lashon Hara is only about someone who's part of our citizenship, Amisecha. He's with us together as part of Klal Yisrael. And what does that mean? Chazal say, Amisecha means, Im she'itcha betar v'mitzvos. It's almost like a, a, a compound word. It's Amisecha. It's someone who you're a fellow citizen with, but he keeps tired mitzvahs like you. But if there are people who are apikarsim, people who don't believe in God, people who believe Judaism should not be the way it's being practiced uh, with taryag, with the mitzvahs of Shabbos and Nida and Shatnas, and, and, and feel that Judaism really needs to move beyond that into some sort of humanistic religion, and they feel that what we're doing is primitive and wrong, or they believe that the Torah is not really uh, given from God. So even though they're a Jew, mitzvah v'ganosam l'vazosam. There's a mitzvah to actually do what you can to vilify them and let people know that these are not good people. And even if it's just giving this guy a bad name, the reason is, is that by by, by mentioning the fact that they also steal, by mentioning the fact that they also uh, uh, are, are violent or, or push people around or uh, cut in line, whatever it is you're going to say, you're protecting the community from them. This was the idea. Because they represent the threat to the community. People might go after them. If you are able to say negative things about them, then you are going to stop them from influencing others. Um, now, another, um, person who's called out of our, out of bounds is someone who was known as a, a Malshin, a Moser, someone who was known. And in those days, of course, it was very common. Maybe even today, it's more common than we think people who would inform on Jews to the authorities. They would, um, they would, um, and again, it wasn't that there, this gets into a little bit of a difficult situation because we're not necessarily speaking about just laws. We're talking about when the authorities had very laws that were pointed negatively against us and the Jews felt that they had a right, Alpidin, to ignore those laws because they were centered against Jews specifically. And then someone says, hey, I'm going to tell on this guy. I'm going to bring in the government on them. And, and, and this way, he's going to lose his money or he's going to get in prison. We're going to talk in a couple of minutes about actual civil laws that are being um, administered properly and not against Jews specifically. And you find out that there's a Jew who's violating that. Are you considered a Moser by... Um, uh, you know, snitching on that person. But here, let's assume that the Moser really, uh, the laws that, that, that when he brought in the authorities, 
the authorities were uh, had laws that were clearly anti-Jewish. It wasn't a democracy. The Jews didn't have equal rights. And this guy was bringing in the Gentile authorities to deprive Jews of their money and, and various rights. Such a person that you find out about him, even though he probably gets paid off, and this way he, he believed he'd be in a better standing, the community has a right to treat him as a pariah and treat him as if he's not part of the Jewish people. Certainly somebody who was known as insulting Talmud HaChachamim or someone who was Machal Shabbos openly, so such a person is also... Um, considered a out-of-bounds. He's not Amisecha anymore. Now, the Mishnah Brura actually says that um, even if a person had done the Avera, not so publicly, um, but he did it, Lahachis, he did it because he's angry at God, he doesn't believe, such a person can also be called out of the out of our uh, amisecha, and therefore, according to the strict halacha, you would be able to say lashonar, and maybe you should say lashonar about that person. Now, that is, like I said, the way things were. Is that the way things still are? We know that the poskim, and especially the chazonish wrote that people who don't keep mitzvahs today, even those that go out publicly and speak strongly against Judaism and speak against primitive people and hate Haredim and hate religious people, the Chazanish felt that many of those people were, even though they heard about Judaism, they'd been so influenced by the environment they were raised in, they have a din of a tinuk shenishpa. Um, and That opinion of the Chazanish was a very strong one. Um, there were Rabbanim who disagreed that they, that especially in modern day Israel, where they, they, they have the opportunity to know. That's Tina Shanishba means a child that was raised and captured and never knew what a Jew was and then comes back to the fold. Well, they've been living among Jews. They know what's going on. The Chazanish felt, well, they were raised in such negativity and such polarization that it's as if they were on some island where they can never hear the truth. Many posts, some posts can disagree with the Chazanish, but they felt when it comes to Lashon Hara, we maybe shouldn't be saying Lashon Hara about them. And that was the Ishita of Rabbi Yom and Zilver, who felt that even though I'm not sure if the Chazanish is correct, that they're completely chof uh, mi pesha in a certain way, but maybe that doesn't, it's still bad to assume that they aren't part of us anymore and we should say Lush and Har about them. Now, however, if you see someone who's clearly not just doesn't like us, but has campaigns against us, someone who's a sonedos, Rodfim. And again, I, I, I say all this thing with a lot of caution. I don't know if Yair Lapid or whoever it is, the people who are trying to take away money from the Haredim or the people, I'm not sure if they're considered Sine Dos or not. Maybe. Again, I, 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 I'm not going to make that uh, designation. But Rav Zilber says that if there's someone who 
we see really hates Yadus, even though he's a Jew, that then the dinam of the Chafetz Chaim would apply that you are allowed, and maybe you actually should say Lashonar about them if you find out about it, in order to um, try to negate their influence. That is one aspect of Lashonara. The Chavetz Chaim has another hetter of who he can speak Lashonara about, and that is being able to say Lashonara about Bali Machlokas. Now we learn this out from the attitude, I think, that we learn out from Noda Vaviu, uh, I'm sorry, about Dosan uh, Vaviram, that were considered Bali Machlokas, that you're allowed to say Lashonara about them. Now, the reason is, is because you're trying to stop their influence. In other words, if you can say things that are negative about these troublemakers, they won't be able to influence. Just like we said before, there are people who were apikorsim at a certain time, had a campaign to take people away from Judaism. Do what you can to stop their influence. Similarly, if you know that there's there, there's these Jews and they just they live to to, to to rile the community up and to create a, a scandal to create some negative brewing uh, a negative feeling to brew within the community if you are able to tell other people negative things about them that will stop their cause and it won't blow up into a giant machlokas bigger than it is then you have a right to put the fire out by saying Russian horror about them now, first of all, the Chavetz Chaim says that that is that is it is mutter to say lashon hara about them, and maybe you should, but that's only if you realize that, and you and you're very um, you you're, you have a pretty uh, statistically you think that this is going to stop the machlokas from spreading. And what you're saying you think is pretty solid that people are going to accept it. But if that's not the case, then just because they're Bali Machlokas, you can't just say negative things about them. The reason is, the Chavetz Chaim says, they're not like the Apikairis. Yeah, they, maybe they are Bali Machlokas. And they're over the law of being like Korach Vadoso, Lotik Korach Vadoso. They, they have to, that's one of the Averis they've been over, that they enjoy arguing and fighting and creating discord. But that doesn't make them out of bounds. So therefore, um, and before you even begin this, the Chavetz Chaim says, you need to know what's really going on. You need to really know from your own knowledge that these guys are in the wrong and they are trying to create a scandal and a fight that really shouldn't happen. Now, Chavetz Chaim says is, um, sometimes you're not sure what you're seeing, who's really the Baal Sometimes you see somebody who's, who's angry and he's rash in your eyes, and you think, oh, that guy is, that guy is just a troublemaker. Uh, I better stop him. You know, I'm not exactly sure. Are you, the person that he's talking about, the campaign that he's having, although it does seem to be creating a lot of friction, 
Maybe he's justified in it. And to realize who is really at fault, the person that you think is being a victim maybe isn't really a victim. Maybe he's the one that has been causing all the problems, even though what you're looking at is the, is the guy who's, who seems to have the loud voice now. And he might not be a Balmachlekas. He might actually be responding properly. And if you're not sure, the Chafetz Chaim says, you should stay away from that. Uh, especially you're dealing with an Isra Daraisa of saying Lashon Hara about someone. Uh, there's a, we talked about the Chazanish before. The Chazanish, as I mentioned, talked about what does it mean uh, about a Tinek Shanishpa. Another famous uh, statement the Chazanish made was, many times people who don't know Halacha believe the victim is is believe the person who is 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 the victim they think he's a victim but really he's the guy that's wrong the chaznish gives a, an example sometimes uh let's say there's an old rebbe who was who had students and he's been teaching those students for years and now a young guy just got his smicha and now he comes into town and he starts, the family start moving towards that guy. He's now going to be the Rebbe. He's going to teach maybe the Bar Mitzvah lessons. He's the one who's going to be giving Shiurim. And all of a sudden, the old teachers are saying, you know what? These guys are taking our Parnosa away. This is, this is, this is an, an Isser. And they create a big campaign. So a person who's looking at it says, wow. You know, these young guys that are coming, they're taking away Parnassah from this old guy. He's been the Rebbe for years. But if you look in, in, in Shulchan Aruch, and based on the Gemara Bava Basra, when it comes to Torah, you have a right to move into town. It's one thing if it would say you open a barber shop on the same street next to the other guy. That might be us. But if you're a Rebbe, even though there's already a Rebbe here, the Gemara says that by you coming to town, there's going to be more learning. Maybe that'll make the old guy uh, shore up his game. Competition will be better. And therefore, the community benefits by having another teacher. So even though it looks like the, that young whippersnapper is the troublemaker, the, uh, the, the Chazanish says, really, it's the old guy who's wrong. So you can't just use your emotion and say, oh, this guy is a Baumachlekes. No, he's not a Baumachlekes. The other guy is the Baumachlekes. And therefore, if you would start wanting to say, say Lashon Hara about, uh, 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 about these young new guys, you would be over an Isser. They're not, they're, not, they're not the troublemakers. So you really need to look at things from, with a very uh, realistic, halachic eye. When it comes to the Isra of Lashon Hara, obviously, <laughs> brothers speaking about each other is also Lashon Hara. Um, we're going to be having a next week's Parsha, uh, a classic uh, two weeks, I'm sorry, uh, Parsha. We're going to have examples of Yosef's Lashon Hara towards his brothers. That's called Lashon Hara Gemura. Now, even let's say you're going to tell your father Lashon Hara about your brother. 
And the reason why you're doing that is because you want your father to give your brother Musr. It's also Usr. Unless you believe there's no way he's going to change. In other words, but first you should speak to your brother before you go and tell your father what your brother is doing. What about um, sometimes a father wants to know what's going on with his son. His son is living in, going, living in a different town. And the father calls people up and says, hey, you see my son around? Does he show up in the base medrash? What's going on with him? Is he learning? So the Chavetz Chaim says you got to be careful. If by hearing the news, you're going to actually be able to change your son, it's one thing. Then you should try to find out what's going on with your son. And the person who you call can answer you. But if you just, you know, you're curious, but you don't plan on taking an extra step. You just want to know, is he learning? But you don't really plan on changing him. And just finding out what's going on with your child, even though you would say what's the most natural thing in the world, but you're asking people to tell you negative things about your child. You're not allowed to do that. That would be Lashonara. Now, that is what the Chavetz Chaim writes. Now, there are some who disagree with that. Um, and they say that even though the father doesn't, isn't able to change, but knowing what's going on with your child is always mutter. Because this way, okay, my son doesn't listen to me. But if I know what's going on with him, I know, let's say, he's not learning, I know that he's, he stopped wearing a yarmulke, whatever it is I found out about him, maybe I could find out about the, the rabbi who lives in that neighborhood, maybe I could do something. Another heter that is given to find out about your children, even if they there isn't much chance that you're going to change them, is that if you know what's wrong with them, if you know what they're doing wrong, you'll be able to daven in, in a way that's more heartfelt. And you're going to be able to, to, to daven to Hashem for them. So even though you aren't going to change things, to know what's going on and to, to discover that, according to that opinion, would not be Lashonar. And, and that's, I have to tell you that I am, um, uh, uh, to me, that sounds correct. The Chavetz Chaim says further that the Isra of Lashon Hara is obviously uh, a law that has been given to us as Jews. But a person shouldn't think that, you know what, I don't say Lashon Hara about Ruvain to Shimon or Ruvain to Levi, but I will say Lashon Hara about Ruvain to my Goyesha friend, Bagdan. Because, yeah, uh, maybe that's Mutter. Some people might think that. It's not. In fact, the Chavetz Chaim says that when you speak about, when you say Lashon Hara to a guy about a fellow Jew, what that does is, first of all, it's Mavaza Klal Yisrael. The guy is going to say, look at what these Jews are about. Secondly, the guy is definitely going to believe it. And therefore, 
if you would say Lashon Hara to Levi about Shimon, Levi might be uh, saying, no, no, I'm not listening to you. I'm putting my fingers in my ears. I'm not believing what you're saying. But the Goy is going to believe it. And therefore, what you said about Ruvain is going to make a difference. His reputation is going to go down. He also deals with this non-Jew. If you were to say it to Levi, the Chavetz Chaim says, maybe Levi wouldn't believe you. So going to a guy is worse in terms of the effect that it has on the person you're talking about. Um, and now we get into the, uh, the, the idea of what we're talking about, about, about t- telling the authorities. Uh, for example, if there's someone who you know is uh, an abuser who hits people, he hits people in his house, in that situation, you would be allowed most posts can say, to inform the authorities, even though you're saying Lashon Hara about them, because you're saving people by doing that. Let's say you you see that there's someone who consistently drives, and in Israel, you know, unfortunately, um, that happens a lot. Um, maybe I just said Lashon Hara about B'nai Eretz Yisrael. I, I should have been careful, but oh, there's a lot of wild driving that occurs uh, in Eretz Yisrael. And you find that there's someone who is who is really driving in a very wild way. Um, so, the, Diane Weiss said that you're allowed. First of all, you go over to him first, and you say, "Listen, you have to stop driving like that." But if that doesn't work, you can tell the authorities, and even in a non-Jewish country, and and they could somehow get a hold of this guy. Because a person behind the wheel of a car that's driving in a wild, uh, not careful fashion is somebody who we have to treat like a Uh The same psak, uh, this was the psak that was mentioned by Rav, Rav, Rav Sternbach. Um, however, Rav, Kar- Rav Nissen Karelit says that if he generally is a safe driver, even though you saw him do something rash, then, you know, you should not go to the authorities. Chochem um, um spoke about a case where you happen to know that the person's eyesight is weak. And some shtick, he was able to get a license. So Chochem said, in terms of saving other people's lives, you need to inform the authorities that this guy is doing a trick because he's endangering other people. One of the things Ramosha Feinstein uh, was asked about in terms of Lashon Hara on, on Jews is let's say you become uh, a, an accountant for the IRS. And one of the things you have to do is, you know, you, they, you, um, periodically check people's, uh, tax returns. And when you find something that's unusual, what you're supposed to do is report it. So, um, Rav Moshe says that you're allowed to take that job because someone else is going to do it anyway. Okay. If it's not going to be you, there'll be another person, whether it's a Jew or non-Jew, that'll do it. So therefore, it's not like you are um, ratting this guy out. Because basically, your job is not 
if you are an IRS uh, tax auditor, your job is to just look at the returns and see that they match up. Your job is not to discover the scoff laws, although that's part of what you're supposed to do. But Ramesha says the basic job is to see that the returns are correct. Now, sometimes you could discover that, oh, the, the guy didn't pay his taxes properly. Um, now, some also, even though you are uh, discovering what's going wrong, you're not necessarily going to report him to the authorities. Because sometimes when you, when you perform the audit, the person could explain himself. And the person will explain and say, look, you see, this is the reason why I took this off as a deduction. So therefore, the fact that you took the job itself, Rav Moshe says, is not a job to be a snitch. Now, if you already have the job, what are you going to do? You got to you, you got to inform on the guy. You got to tell the truth. And if you don't, and if you try to hide the from guy that you discover has been cheating on his taxes, then that's going to be a tremendous kilwasha. So Ramesha says it's mutter to take this job. That's what's mutter. Because your job is not to become a snitch. If it happens, well, then that's already an onus. You're forced to do it in that way. That's Ramesha's psak. Rav Vosner added to this psak and said, you know, um, taxes are equitable. It's dinah namachus Um And therefore, that's the law. That's dinah namachus So you can't say that, oh, you're now saying Lashon Hara. If the law of the government is that this is the way it happens, you got to pay properly, people don't pay properly, get reported, then you're just part of the system. And the system is a just system. What makes it a just system? Maybe the taxes are too high. That doesn't make it unjust. If it's, if it's, if it is operated on an equal level, they're not giving, uh, you know, Jews a worse situation than others, then that is considered proper law. And then, it would be, you're not being over anything. Rav Vosner does say um, it's probably not the best job to take if you have other options. Uh, definitely, um, it, it's not going to earn you any points, and in a way, you do cause pain. However, again, Adin, there's nothing wrong with taking such a position. I can tell you that a friend of mine uh, was in that position for a number of years, uh, and then he stopped doing that. And then he opened up his own accounting firm and everybody came to him because everybody wanted to have the accountant who, who had once worked for the IRS. So it might be a, a good way to secure your parnosa for a while. Take the job for a couple of years and then you're going to be the top accountant because everybody's going to want to come to you because of your knowledge of how to not cheat the IRS, but how to report the ways and the way that you get the maximum benefit. As we know from our outgoing president, he was quite proficient in those things. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 